If you have a Bible, uh, you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, and we're just going to talk just for a brief moment about what are we doing? Like, this is uh, Halloween, right? This is like the enemy's holiday. Why would we participate in the devil's day? Uh, but, you know, for a day that's full of all kinds of scary things and ghouls and goblins and haunted houses and pumpkins, what are we up to? Well, in fact, uh, I want to make a case that this is our day. This is uh, the day that belongs to us. In fact, hundreds of years ago, I don't have the exact date, the church actually declared November the 1st as All Souls Day. And that today, the eve before All Souls Day was called All Hallows' Eve, Halloween. And on All Souls Day, it was the day that the church paused and gave memory and thought back on all the saints that have gone before us, all the people that were called the church long before we ever came here. And how appropriate is it? We're sitting in a parking lot of a church that was built back in the 1950s by a group of people that wanted to bring the gospel to this community. But it actually started in the 1800s by a bunch of Swiss reform immigrants that moved up into Germantown. That's where this church property started, and we're standing on their shoulders as we gather here today. And so why would we do that? Why would we have a day where we pause and remember? Is it for nostalgia? Is it to kind of go, oh, that's sweet? Like, whenever I think about my grandmother, whenever I think about her, I swear I can do it right now. I can smell biscuits. Because she didn't make those big, like, fat contemporary biscuits. She made those, like, really small medallion flaky biscuits that you could put like honey on them and eat them in one bite. Let's just pause on that for a moment, all right? Because the pizza just arrived. That's not what we're doing here today. This is not nostalgia. We're not trying to just bring back some old memories. This idea of uh, celebrating the saints that have gone before us is something that we need. Have you ever run in a race? Like, have you ever like been in a serious race. Like all, if you've been in a race, raise your hand. You've been in a race. But I'm not talking about the race like from here to there or in your driveway or on the playground, kids. I'm talking about a race that maybe takes you four, maybe five, maybe six, some of you maybe seven hours to run. Like a race that really takes the most out of you. There's a race like that over in Belmede every Thanksgiving. Uh, it's called the Boulevard Bolt. Has anybody done that race? It's a five-mile race that draws thousands. I think it's one of the largest five-mile races uh, in Nashville, the state. It's, it's the largest race in the world, all right? It's just the largest race in the world. And it's hilarious because if you go to it, then it's really easy to immediately spot who's there to race and who's there to get a family photo that they're going to put on Instagram? Because the real racers, you notice, you know, they're wearing those shorts that would never be appropriate to wear except at a race. You know, they're really short, not to hinder them in any way. You know, they got those really thin shirts. They got those socks that go up to their knees to support their calves. Like, they're already sweating, and the race hasn't even started yet. Then there's the guy in the turkey outfit. You know what I'm talking about? The guy that's got the big turkey and the big feet and... You're like, there is no way, you're not going to race. And if you do, there is no seriousness to you in this race whatsoever. In fact, I love going online and seeing some of the photos. People are dressed up like, you know, reindeer and Santa Claus. Some are dressed like pilgrims. Like they come in all different kind of costumes. 
One year I saw a picture of a guy in a big turkey, but next to him, I don't think the photographer intended to get the shot, but next to him was this college student who looked like he had just gotten out of bed and he had this hoodie on and the hoodie was up and he had these really baggy sweatpants on and he looked like he just wanted to go to sleep and he had his hands in his hoodie and he was just kind of standing there looking all bored. And if you look down, he was wearing flip-flops. <laughs> flip-flops. And you know exactly what's going on. He came home for Thanksgiving from college and his mom came in his room that morning and said, you're getting out of bed and we're going to the Boulevard Bowl. Well, what if we had a race to run? And what if the race that we're running really matters to us? What if the race that we were given when Christ comes into our lives and he brings us from death to life, that he makes us spiritually alive, he actually makes us runners. And it's not a runner to win a race. It's actually a runner to participate in a race that's already been won, but it's a race that matters to us. Imagine if becoming spiritually alive is actually being invited to live a life that fully matters something you're well, willing to groan for, something you're willing to sweat for, something you're willing to strain for, even something that you're willing to feel pain for. So let me read this passage. Hebrews chapter 12. This is verse one, if you have your Bibles out. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, listen to that, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, meaning saints that have gone before us, saints that are present with us right now. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. All Saints Day is about pausing for one day and realizing there is a great cloud of witnesses around me. And that great cloud of witnesses plays a role in my life. So my brother runs marathons, and I don't know why he does, and he seems to enjoy it. And he has an armband that he wears in his marathons, and on that armband he has a name by every mile, and he prays for that person for that entire mile. And so every time he runs a marathon, a couple of years, he always calls me and he says, hey, big brother, you want on the list? And I said, you know I do. And he always knows which mile I want. I want the last mile. I said, give me the last one, man, because I call that the groan to glory mile. Because I, I want you to groan, man. That's all. I don't want you to pray anything specific. Just groan for me before the Lord and then let me share in the glory. And you know what the glory is? It's the last mile. You don't know if you can do it. You're just struggling. And then you get about a quarter mile from the finish line and the crowds get thick and the noise starts to rise up and people are cheering you on and they're screaming and you see all your friends and your family and the fan, you know, they're all up there in the stands and they're urging you on and all of a sudden a new surge of energy comes and the groan turns into glory because you know that you see the finish line and you're running to it. Just when you think you can't go any longer, the great cloud of witnesses helps you do what you didn't believe you could do. And what is it that we're called to do? It's right there in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 12. For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. You know what we're called to do? And this is the most outrageous thing that you're going to hear at Midtown. You are called to live your life as one who is joyed in. 
Maybe you've gone to church your whole life, and for you, church has always been going someplace where they're going to tell you how to find your joy in the Lord, or how to do something for God, or how to make God proud of you, or how to get your life all cleaned up to where you can be a better person and a better Christian. And I'm telling you here, that story is easy, because I know I don't qualify for that stuff. That is so easy for me to believe. You know what's hard for me to believe? That the story that we're telling here at Midtown and the great cloud of witnesses are telling us is that God is joyed in you. In fact, a friend said this to me this morning. What do you think the Father thinks about you right now? Right now, in this moment, what do you think your heavenly Father thinks about you? And do you think, question one is, what does he think about you? Question two, what do you think you can do to change his opinion of you? And I'm here to tell you that your father loves you and he is enjoyed over you and celebrates you. And there's nothing you can do to change his opinion of you. That is the hardest place for me to live in. It's the hardest place. Maybe you've heard this before, but it was said that when generals returned in glory to ancient Rome, he was accompanied in the procession through the streets by a slave whose job it was to remind him that his triumph would not last forever. Memento mori, the slave whispered. Memento mori, he would whisper into the ear of that conquering general, which meant, remember, you will die. You know what we whisper in each other's ears? It's not remember, you will die. Remember, you are joyed over. Remember, it is the joy of the Lord. You are the joy of the Lord. That's the only thing that gives us courage to throw off everything that gets in the way of us running the good race. It's the only thing that gets in the way or helps us take the sin that so easily entangles us and cast it off. Boom, see? Holy Spirit is already moving. Y'all didn't see that, did you? It's the only thing that allows me to fix my eyes on Jesus. Because when I know that I'm his joy, it's easy to fix my eyes on Jesus. And that's why we need a great cloud of witnesses because we forget that. We need to be those that whisper in each other's ears. We need people in our lives that encourage us in that way. That joy and love gives us the strength to live joy and love. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage each other daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage each other. And then in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, Consider how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are coming together with one another to urge one another to remember that our God has joy for us and to live in that joy. So I'm almost done. And uh, then we're going to go play. Yay. <laughs> but I had this experience yesterday that I don't miss as God's hand and the way he knits things together. But when I became a Christian, I didn't know any Christians. And uh, this college student just graduated from college and he moved to my hometown and said, hey, I'm going to be your cloud of witness. I'm going to pour into you. This guy named LaVon uh, Welch came to our house yesterday with his wife. I haven't seen him in years. And we sat and we talked about the stories of what God has done in our lives over the years. That over 30 years ago, this man gave up. 
I don't know how many early, early, early Wednesday mornings. We would meet at like 5.30 every Wednesday morning for months and even years where he would listen to me, uh, give him a thousand questions. He would hear about all my failures and my struggles and my heart. And he would just get out the word and just continually teach me about Jesus and continually remind me, brother, he joys over you. Run the good race. He joys over you. Throw off the sin that so easily entangles you. He joys over you. Don't let anything hinder you from living in that joy. He joys over you and he has a purpose for you. And that purpose is something you should give your life to because he joys over you. And I looked at him yesterday and I said, brother, he said, tell me about Midtown. And I said, we stand on your shoulders. And I celebrate you on All Souls Day. And all I want to ask you, Midtown, who is whispering in your ear? Who are the shoulders that you're standing on? Do you know them? Let's do something fun. We've got these little name tags. You should have one of these. And I'd love for you to get it out right now. And we're, we're going to create a tree for All Souls Day. And what I'd like for you to consider is who is it that you're standing on the shoulders of? Who has gone before you that has poured their life into you, that you have heard from them that the Lord loves you, he, he's enjoyed over you, and has called you and uniquely made you, and is calling you to run a race that you can give your life to with passion and energy and struggle and pain and profound joy? Who is that for you? But then on the other side, you know, I'd like for you to write is the person that God is calling you to lift up. Somebody in your life that you're like, you know what? I'm going to leverage my life to let them stand on my shoulders. And you may stand here and go, you know, I don't know on this All Soul Days if I've got anything to give anyone. When LaVon stepped into my life, he was a 21-year-old. Do I need to say more? He was 21 years old. Think about what you were like when you were 21, and those of you that are not 21 yet, ask, ask somebody around you that's over 21 what I mean. He was 21 years old, and you know what we used to joke about? The only thing LaVon had going for him was that he was fat. That was it. He was fat. And I'm not talking about, like, big. We used to joke about that. He was fat. He was faithful. He just showed up. He was available uh, and made his heart ready and willing. And get this, as I stood on his shoulders, he was teachable. He was learning as he was given to me what he was learning. And on one side, I'd love for you to write, Who, who's the story that you give tribute today that you've stood on their shoulders? And on the other side, would you put the name of somebody God's putting on your heart to go, yeah, that's the person that I'm, I'm going to leverage my time, my love, and my care for as we go into this new year. If you don't have a name for either one of those, would you have the integrity of leaving it blank? Uh, because here's my prayer for you, is that this time next year it wouldn't be blank. That God would bring some people into your life that you not only could stand on their shoulders and be cared for, but also people that you could care for. See, Christianity is not a cul-de-sac. We don't collect a bunch of stuff and just keep it. We're a river. What runs into us runs through us into the world that we live in. In fact, we don't fully understand what is ours until we start to give it away. And that's my prayer for you. Now we're about to go into uh, our last song. And when you've got the names on that tag, as we start to sing, would you make your way to this tree here? And 
put your name tag on this tree as a tribute to those that have gone before and those that we're going to invest our lives in. Uh, so if you can't get up here during the song, maybe come up here after our service is over and continue to decorate the tree. Let me pray for us. Lord, how can it be that for the joy set before you, you endured the cross? And the joy is that we would be your beloved, that we would be your church. That that kind of joy, how can it be that being that kind of joyed in, being celebrated over, being loved would actually change us? that my commitments to do better are not as strong as I'm loved more than I can imagine. My commitments, I'll never do that again, are never as strong as you joy over me. That my commitments to be a better person cannot hold up to the power of love. But how transformative it is when we let you do that with us. So I pray that now. I pray, Lord, we would let you celebrate us so that we can now celebrate you. And we thank you for those that you've sent into our lives that have whispered those words in our ears. And we thank you, Father, for the, the chance and the opportunity to actually whisper that into the ears of other people and continue the legacy of All Souls Day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.